Hey everyone, welcome back to The Transfer again. So excited that you're taking the time to listen, taking the time to learn more about God and His Word. I'm Jared. I'm Pastor Beck. And we are here to talk about a fair amount of scripture. We've got a bit to cover today, don't we? Yeah, we're going to set the stage a little bit. Um, So if you want to turn to Mark 11, you'll see that many of your translations will say the triumphal entry or entering Jerusalem on a cult, maybe. Um, Cult as in donkey cult. Mm. Uh, The stage for that is that Jesus and his disciples were making their way up the three and a half thousand foot incline from Jericho to Jerusalem. So they're heading up the road. It was unhurried. It was purposeful. And it was coming to that culmination of Jesus' ministry and God's plan of salvation kind of was really being unfolded. The fate that awaited Jesus in Jerusalem was going to be horrific but essential. How fully the disciples understood that fate and what was to come is open for lots of debate. But Jesus had predicted his suffering and death to them three times already but they still didn't really get it uh they followed jesus to jerusalem for the passover celebration and they neared the city and they were interrupted in their journey by a blind name named bartimaeus who begged for jesus to heal them Uh, and jesus took pity on him restored his sight even amongst one of the most stressful times of his life he's still reaching out and still pausing to help people in need which is amazing So here we have it in Mark chapter 11. Why don't you read for us the first 11 verses and we'll chat through. Uh, So now when they drew near near to Jerusalem to Bethphage, something, something and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt, a donkey, tied, on which no one has ever sat untie it and bring it so it was a brand new donkey yeah before we keep going i want to point out that we are now in chapter 11 there are 16 chapters of mark okay the first 10 chapters have covered roughly two years of jesus ministry okay these last six chapters will cover seven days Mm, so it's an important seven days yeah so so they're covering the final week I mean, they're covering from now until this time next week. It's just a week. Mm. Whereas the first 10 chapters were two years worth of teaching, conversation, and traveling the countryside, having these these amazing encounters and things that were happening with his disciples. So think now, short time frame. Mm. Um, Jesus is now coming into Jerusalem. Yeah. Am I correct to saying he's this triumphal entry that was around the time of Passover, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, if anyone asks if anyone sorry if anyone says to you why why are you doing this if anyone asks you why are you stealing a donkey (laughs) anyway uh, say the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately and they went and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street and they untied it and some of them standing standing there said to him what are you doing untying the colt and they they told them what Jesus had said and they let them go and they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it and many spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields and those who went before and those who followed were shouting Hosanna blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord blessed is the kingdom of our father David Hosanna in the highest 
give you a little bit of historical context. Um, this is one of my most favourite passages to teach on over the Easter season. Normally I'm the one who uh, gets to do this one. And when you begin to study the historical context of this event, it's phenomenal. So they had what they would call Lamb Selection Day in Israel. So it was where... So on Passover, the idea is that each... Um, family would kill a lamb and the blood of the lamb would be placed on the doorpost. What are they commemorating? Uh, Exodus. Right. The, the last last of the ten plagues in Exodus. Right, where the angel of death passed over their houses because the blood of the lamb was on the doorpost. And so each family in Israel each year would go and select a lamb. Now there were very specific instructions about this lamb the lamb had to be without blemish the lamb uh anyway there are a lot of you can go ahead and read it um in exodus but there are a lot of prerequisite not any old sheep is going to do it had to be specific so in bethlehem okay so you know bethlehem is where who was born david and jesus jesus yeah (laughs) definitely david but also jesus um uh so the, the lambs that went to the temple would be walked from Bethlehem where they reared what they call the Paschal lambs. They would rear the lambs for sacrifice specifically. Now here's what they would do. So when a lamb was born, they would wrap it in... What do you think they're going to wrap it in? Ooh, I don't know. Herbs and spices? I know that's not the answer. They're going to wrap it in swaddling clothes. Right. Who else was wrapped in swaddling clothes? Jesus. Jesus, in right, when he was born. We would read that in in Luke's account. And so the Paschal lambs were wrapped, they were cared for, they were nurtured, and those Paschal lambs were raised then, and then they would be walked like a lamb to the slaughter. Remember that uh, idea in Isaiah where um, Jesus was led like a lamb to the slaughter, that literally these lambs would be walked from Bethlehem to Jerusalem on Lamb Selection Day. Okay? So picture this. One end of Jerusalem, here are all these lambs being walked in. On the very same day, Jesus is now coming in on a donkey down the Mount of Olives, uh, down that road. Interesting that the Lamb of God would walk in the same day as the paschal lambs would be coming in for sacrifice. Very significant. Uh, That whole idea of the lamb. So the lambs would come in and they would ask. They would, um, so the family would come into Jerusalem and they would then choose a lamb. And they they would choose a lamb and then they would bring the lamb back for sacrifice. And the question that the priest would ask, um, every Jewish man would know. They would ask, do you love the lamb? Why Why are they asking, do you love it? Because it's not going to be significant. If you don't love this lamb, then killing it's going to mean nothing. Yeah. But if your family have grown... Like, can you imagine if I took a little lamb home to my kids and, you know, we spent three, four days with it and we're in so love with this lamb. He's so cute. And then I'm like, sorry, um, he's actually you know part of the sacrifice taking this lamb back do you love the lamb who do you know would say that to jesus 
Well, who would Jesus say that to, should I say? Peter, do you love me? He tells him, asks him three times at the end. He does. And Peter would know the connection that Jesus is making. Yeah, because they did Passover every year. It's like the yeah. same way every year for, what, 2,000 years? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you that. love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. He makes that correlation. So it's fascinating. So he, Jesus is coming in on a donkey lamb selection day these lambs are being brought in what what is the i guess the imagery that's being drawn jesus the lamb of god has come to save us he has come to sacrifice himself on behalf of us for our sin that when the day comes for judgment that the angel of death would pass over us because the blood of jesus um covers us and makes a way for us um it covers our sin yeah i suppose it's exactly what the lambs did in Exodus. Exactly the same idea. So then Jesus will enter Jerusalem in verse 11. But before he does that, everyone's around going, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So here's the idea. They are under oppression. The Jewish people are, you know, under rule and they are looking for a savior. They are looking for a political. I mean, you think about some of the political scapes around the world today. You know, they would like a savior to come in who is actually like of right mind and, you know, clear thinking and solid leadership and good character. And the Jewish people are the same. They wanted a savior and they were looking for the Messiah to come and, you know, upend this Roman rule, upend the oppression they were facing and lead them into this new era. And they were declaring, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They use these palm branches well there had been a revolt the maccabee revolt just before this where they had you know used palm branches and all kinds of things so there's all kinds of political imagery in that and jesus will enter jerusalem as he looked around taking it all in but by now it was late so he went back to bethany with the 12 so interesting he gets all the way into jerusalem they enter the temple then he looks around and he goes back to his friend's place um in bethany and then the fig tree will be cursed. You can go ahead and read that. I think it's interesting in um, verses 15 to 17, Jesus gets really angry that the temple had been used to, you know, pervert the temple and make it into a money-making kind of scheme. And he says this, My house was, my house shall be called the house of prayer. What, is, what does that mean to you? Well... Well, I suppose my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is this is for prayer. This is for connecting with God. But what kind of struck me? Look at this. My house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Right. That would have probably ruffled a couple of feathers, uh-huh. I imagine, because they weren't used to hearing that all the nations part. There was a section. Of, I know there was a section of the temple that the Gentiles could go to, but house of prayer for all the nations probably would have. Uh, not gone over the best but you have made it a den of robbers so they had taken the temple they had taken connection with god and they had made it about money and made it about raising money and getting money and selling things not about connection with god and being a place of prayer yeah yeah for sure And then Jesus will go on and kind of give his credentials in verse 30. He says, Jesus responded, first, let me ask you a question, answer my question, and then I'll present my credentials. Because, you know, they're out to get him. The uh, the 
high priests, the religion scholars, the leaders, they're all, you know, they want to know, well, who gave you this authority? Mm. Who, who credentialed you to say all this stuff? And so he asked them a question. Well, about the baptism, baptism of John, who authorized it, heaven or humans? What's Jesus doing with this question? Um, he's, he's being a bit sneaky, perhaps, because it goes on to say that um, they had after they asked him that question, they had a little power and goes, well, we can't kind of get out of this one because if we say John the Baptist got his power as authority from God, he'll just say, well, if you believe John the Baptist, why not me? But if they say from man, uh, we're going to get in some trouble ourselves. So Jesus, instead of just going and and blasting them or doing some miraculous sign to prove that he was from God, he just went, where did John the Baptist get his authority from? Yeah, and, and he stumped them because their reply, we don't know, yeah. after they concurred with each other. And then he just said, well, I'm not going to answer you either. Mm-hmm. And off he goes. Uh, then he tells a story of a vineyard, and I think you're going to unpack that in your group, so we won't spend a lot of time there. But then in verse 13 of chapter 12, the Pharisees and the far- followers of Herod, they begin to bait Jesus. Nothing like a good bait by some religious people. Um, nothing has changed. And then it says, hoping to catch him saying something incriminating, they came up and said, Teacher, we know you've, you have integrity, that you're different to public opinion. Don't pander to your students and teach the way of God accurately. Tell us, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So they're really like talking about the sovereignty of God and all, all of that kind of stuff. This isn't, he knew it was a trick question and said, why are you playing these games with me? Bring me a coin and let me look at it. And they handed him one, this engraving. Who does it look like and whose name is on it? And what was the answer? Render to Caesar what is Caesar's, render to God's the things that are God's. Yeah. And their mouths hung open and they were speechless. What's Jesus doing? He's saying, you guys are just trying to play games. Mm. I'm not playing this game. I'm not playing this game. This coin has Caesar's name on it. This Mm. is, I'm not about this kingdom. This is not about... um, very elegant, elegantly got himself out of trouble. Because oh. if, if he had said, no, we don't pay taxes to Caesar, he would have landed himself into trouble. Um, yeah, very elegantly uh, sidestepped that issue. Yeah, they're all coming at him. Then the Sadducees will come and they will talk to him. And then in verse 28, um, Jesus will tell them that the most important commandment, uh, in verse 29, Jesus said, the first in importance is, listen, Israel, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. And here is the second, love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. That's worth writing out, putting on your mirror. Mm. That, that two commandments I give to you. The first one, love God with everything you have. And two, love others like you love yourself. Yeah, I always remember if Christianity gets confusing, if follow God comes becomes confusing, start there. Love God, love people. Yeah, absolutely. And then they go down and they begin to question Jesus. And kind of where we're going to finish today is in chapter 13. They begin to ask Jesus, well, you know, when is the Messiah coming? And I think we can ask the same kind of questions today. Like the world is a little bit crazy and we've been talking about in church right now about how Jesus is coming again. It's one of our core foundations of our faith that Jesus will come again one day. And they were getting really caught up in, well, when is he going to come? 
And Jesus says, no one knows the exact day or the hour. He says, no one knows that. Not even heaven's angels, not even the son, only the father. So keep a sharp lookout for you don't know the timetable. It's like a man who takes a trip, leaving home and putting his servants in charge, each assigned a task and commanding the gatekeeper to stand watch. So stay at your post and keep watching. You have no idea when the homeowner is returning, whether evening, midnight or morning. You don't want him showing up unannounced with you asleep on the job. I say to you, and I'm saying it to all, stay at your post, keep watch. What's Jesus saying? Don't get caught up in... Okay, well, if I know the exact time, it's like, you know, when I was having a baby, it would have been great to know my kid is going to come at this time and I can plan accordingly. You have no idea when all of a sudden you're going to go into labor and that baby is going to arrive. And so you just have to be prepared. Your bag's packed ahead of time. You are paying attention to the signs, but you're still going about your daily life. You've still got other things that you have to do, other things that you're busy about. But you are aware and you are on alert. And that's what Jesus is saying. Be alert. Be ready. I'm coming back again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of that sense. Yeah, just thinking about that analogy. If you knew when your baby was coming, you could pack an hour before. You could be ready an hour before. Yeah, you wouldn't. You could live however you wanted all the way up. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, baby's coming now. Be ready. And he's saying, you can't afford to do that with this thought because yeah. you don't know when he's coming. Yeah. You just need to... Be ready. Have your bags, <laughs> you know, that thought of um, hypothetically having your bags packed, staying on guard, being ready, but but living your life being about his kingdom business loving in God the meantime. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. What do you reckon? Yeah. So remember, love God, love people. Stay at your post. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>